This is the Amadon Planet Podcast, episode 37. I am your host, Joel Amadon. Thank you for joining me on this never-ending quest to figure out how to teach better. Today on the podcast, we have Pat Ward of Pat Ward Counseling. Pat is my oldest friend with a Southern accent. He's got a huge heart for caring for people. Pat, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to be here. I, I have a Southern accent. I, I, I mean, hate to break I, it to I you. I was not aware. I think the biggest... The, is it a good the, one? Well, I remember, uh, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. I remember you saying uh, about a coat of with bells on it at one time, mm-hmm. like up at the front of a of a large gathering of people on a Sunday, and uh, you said it. And I'm like, wow, that's a that's an accent right there. A coat with bells. <laughs> bells, yeah, like some bell. Southern bells. Nice. Southern bell. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. It just really nice. stuck stuck out to me there. But Pat. I think, uh, again, two weeks into my uh, moving to Oxford, uh, our families uh, kind of matched up with where we were at in our lives, and uh, it was it was kind of a beautiful thing. So, Yeah, it's been to, quite a ride. Been yeah, good. I know. And so now we're, we're on a podcast together. Who would have thought that? We've come a long way. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, I'm so, glad to be here. I'm excited to talk about what's going on, and uh, I know you have a lot of people who look to you for direction and advice and learn how to teach teachers how to teach. So uh, I'm glad to be here today. Yeah. And so maybe just, uh, you know, before we get into the the reason, I have a a bunch of reasons why I wanted you on the podcast. And today is just one of them, but maybe give a little bit of background on on yourself and and what do you do? Yeah. So um, I was for 13 years, I helped start a church and plant a church and lead a church. I've been, was in ministry for a few years before that too, but that's kind of where you and I met was through that, through that church, which we still belong to here in Oxford. And um, uh, it was a couple of years ago, I realized in my uh, schedule, the thing that I looked forward to the most were when people would come and they would um, just have things going on in their life, things that were too heavy for them. And I would try my best to walk with them in that. And then I would refer them out to some of the local counselors in town. And I, there was always this part of me that was really curious. Like, how does this work? How do you, how do you put somebody back together again? at this point, or, you know, how do, how do they find uh, what God has for them in just the wreckage uh, that their life seems to be in right now? And so the curiosity just got to me more and more and more, and uh, I kind of came to a crossroads in my professional life and decided I, I would like to try counseling. I'd like to see if I can uh, see how the sausage is made and see how this comes together. So uh, I went back to graduate school and did that at night and early in the mornings while I did my job for a couple of years, and then um, it's been about... I don't know, about three years ago that I made the, started making the change towards um, doing counseling. So I love it. It's delivered on all its promises for me, but I've really enjoyed um, just seeing people kind of find their footing again and stand up and start fighting. So it's a, it's a really hopeful thing for me. Uh, I enjoy working with couples and individuals and I work with a lot of Students, I, I honestly, I was thinking this morning as I was getting ready for this, I work with a lot of people who are in education. So my three o'clock and four o'clock slots are always full with uh, uh, people, especially during these days when the coronavirus kind of knocked school um, out for people. We have a lot of students that are doing online classes, and then we have a lot of teachers who are trying to figure out how to how to do hybrid models um, as best they can. And it's hard. It's hard out there right now. So um, I, I I work with a lot of different clients, but I, I am glad to be able to work with people who are in education, especially during this season, because um, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of weight out there. So. Yeah. I mean, even just, you know, locally, one of our, 
one of the local schools just midweek had to say, Hey, we're going, <laughs> we're going uh, virtual. Uh, actually both, both schools have had uh, schools within the district say, Hey, uh, we're, we're going virtual right now, like <laughs> without yep. with a day. And like, what does that mean for teachers, families, parents? And that just, it adds, you know, on top of a global pandemic and job things happening, economy, whatever, everything happening all at once. It's lots of things going on. So, I mean, so Pat, I asked you to come on the podcast. Um, You know, one of the people that I think we both look to as as someone that's wise uh, in the world is Andy Stanley. And Andy Stanley talks about like, you know, he'd talk about key behaviors, like key behaviors that he'd want for uh, the people of his church and the people that he leads in his organization. And and so I started thinking about what, what do I want as key behaviors for the teachers that I teach at the University of Mississippi? And so, you know, one of those key behaviors is about staying fit. And I think actually I, I might have robbed that directly from Andy Sandy about staying fit. And it's not just about, you know, bench press and doing some kettlebell swings. It's not about just that, but it's also about being mentally fit. You know, it's the whole put your, you got to have uh, your mask on first in the airplane before you put, uh, you know, someone else's mask on. And yeah. if you can't now you're, take... wearing, now you're wearing two masks. In the <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. So, so taking care of ourselves, staying mentally fit. And I just thought, you know, with your experience and with your kind of like uh, your finger on the pulse of what's going on, uh, maybe through, uh, through the counseling world is just wanted to bring you on and maybe see if you had some advice, maybe what are things, what are things that are happening? What are some perspectives you could offer? So I don't know, like, uh, I guess where we could start is maybe what needs are you seeing, Pat? What what are, what are some needs out there? Yeah, well, I definitely see the need to stay mentally fit. I mean, you're either gaining ground or you're losing ground right now. Um, I think it's just the way 2020 has been. Um, it's, it's hard. I don't see, I don't see a lot of people who are just standing still and okay. You know, you can, if you stand yeah. still, you can kind of get deluged and political medical, you know, doom news that's out there and so you you do have to be fighting to stay mentally fit i think the biggest thing that um i am seeing is so i heard this metaphor the other day and i think this is great you know you know bmw makes a really good car right yeah mm-hmm. um and never driven uh, one but yeah, yeah. me either right? but i've read about them but i i hear i heard somebody saying the reason they make a really good car is because it at their factories, they have this big um, like mechanical arm that has a big magnet on the end, and randomly they will pick up a BMW rolling off of that line, and they'll 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 pick it up by the by the hood, and they'll take it and just shake it like crazy. And it's through that shaking process that anything that's not bolted down well is going to come flying off. So if the rearview mirror is not on right, it's coming flying off. If there's a door handle that's not right, it's going to be shaking loose. And I think that's that's kind of what has happened during this, this season of coronavirus is that yeah. what, what really is happening is more than people being overwhelmed with like OCD problems. Of, I'm worried about germs being here or overwhelmed with, you know, thoughts of political unrest happening in their neighborhood. More than anything, it's like the things that were loose before have just come flying off for a lot of people. And so not only you're not, you're not really trying to, to tweak things anymore in your life or in your relationships, but a lot of people are like, I need to put the rearview mirror back on, but it's it's somewhere over in, over there, and I need <laughs> to find it, and then I need to put it back on. And so we're just seeing seeing people really struggle with some old struggles in some some new and profound ways. And so when that happens, the first thing that people do is they kind of beat up on themselves, mm. and they're like, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time, yeah. or I don't know why I'm sad, or I don't know why I'm anxious. And you know that's one of the one of the first things to to talk through is like 
hey man, like we're all we're all on edge. <laughs> yeah. If you're not if you're not struggling right now or haven't struggled some at some point in the last nine months, then you you may just not have been very honest with yourself. Um, I've been telling people a lot, like we're not studying for the test. This is the test. It's here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing that in a lot of people. So you know, everyday problems kind of magnified. We're also seeing just a lot of the issues that come up when people are under a lot of stress and strain. So you have things like um, just anxiety and depression, people just getting worn out and just kind of getting stuck or, or getting to where they, they just, their mind is always kind of racing. And we have, we have a lot of things to help our minds race now with social yeah. media, the news cycle and all that. So you, you kind of, people are kind of getting double, kind of double downing on themselves in, in those times when there's, you know, just, just a lot going on. We're also seeing, um, you know, addiction issues kind of pop up there. Even people who aren't, wouldn't say, Oh, I'm an alcoholic. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking and not going to my job. But you know, I hear a lot. People are like, you know, we started drinking twice as much in April and we really haven't stopped. And, uh, maybe we've tried to stop, but we haven't really turned to that much. And so, um, you know, people really kind of beginning to, to notice some patterns that they don't know. They don't necessarily know if they're making them um, sick, but they're de- definitely not making them fit. And so that's um, that's something that um, we're seeing in a lot of people. And then the last thing is, and this is the biggest thing, is that lots and lots of people are reevaluating things, reevaluating really important things. So they're reevaluating mm-hmm. their jobs. They're making different moves um, in their in their workplace. Um, some people are reevaluating uh, their family dynamics. Some are reevaluating their marriage or other key relationships. And um, people are making some big moves. Some of those big moves have happened because people finally couldn't deal with the toxic situation anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's actually been okay. But then sometimes people are just making um, really big reevaluation, really big decisions uh, in the midst of, of a lot of stress and strain. And that's not really good. It kind of leads to a lot of regret down the line. So helping people make really good decisions is something that I feel like uh, is important right now. Something I feel like I'm talking about with people a lot. So, I mean, given all, so all those sorts of things that you're seeing, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is just the, the, I'm throwing one at you that I didn't pre uh, precede in the uh, I'm good. batch I'm of good questions. Go for all it. right. Very good. So, I wonder too, like, you know, you said that people are either maybe losing ground or gaining ground. Like, have you seen some people gaining ground? Like maybe even seeing like, Hey, maybe these are some opportunities and they're, they're taking, I don't know, yes. leveraging these opportunities. I don't know if you have stories like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I saw a meme that was on a counseling um, a group that I was on on Facebook. And it was like, if you can hit the ball in 2020 in the middle of this quarantine like you're gonna be okay when things go back to normal and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that across the board so i work with a lot of leaders i do a lot of counseling slash coaching for a lot of leaders and those who kind of got right back on their heels had to slow down and then had to fight back are 10 times the leader they were when they went into this and Mm -hmm. their employees see it in them they love them they you know trust them more um i'm seeing uh you know people anytime People, because I work with a lot of like university faculty too, and anytime people are forced into creativity, yeah, um, they can either roll over or they can stand up and get really creative, kind of kind of strip things down and figure out how to make it work. And so I've seen a lot of like university faculty or other people in education who, you know, were kind of. I've thought about I've thought about that scene in Apollo um, Apollo 
13? 13, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I never saw the first 12, but I really liked the 13th. <laughs> but uh, and Apollo 13, you know, where they're stuck and they're out of options and they come in and they kind of lay that box of stuff out and it's like yeah. the random, there's a glove there and then there's yeah, an yeah, orange yeah. juice can. They're like, we got to figure out how to fix this with this. Well, that's what happened, I think, to everybody. And April yeah. was just like, all right, we got Zoom and um you you know you may have a you may have a, a slide rule you can use but people figured it out and right. so i do think that a lot of people gained a lot of confidence in themselves and also saw their profession or saw you know the, the gifts and the resources they had very differently in light of that and so if, if you're out there listening and that that was you man it's okay to applaud that it's okay to 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 celebrate the fact that you know you you could have been lost in this um just this unique season but if you if you figure out how to do things differently and you're enjoying it then you don't have to you don't have to feel bad about that celebrate that yeah the creativity in in teachers has been amazing I mean that's like I think you know when I try to avoid social media but when I do go on social media and I see some of the things that teachers are doing and how they're you know they're, they're doing the Apollo uh Apollo 13 sort of thing where they're coming up with these wild solutions but they're like really innovative and creative and it's like but it's like you know well, the, the first thing they'll say is, well, it's not mine originally. I just tweak somebody else's. Well, that's it. We're just, we're building off of each other and to find that environment or that, that collaboration of, to connect with people in order to do that sort of work. I mean, even yeah. too, like seeing some of their own training coming out where um, one of the teachers that uh, um, we get to see on Wednesday nights like, uh, at our church, um, I had a chance to talk with her and she's just talking about like her knowledge of standards based grading. And like the things that they'd been doing has like just come out because they like, you know, they're disrupted, disrupted instruction and all this stuff. But she's like, I know what to focus in on. I'm not going to get distracted by some other stuff. I I know how to adapt because this is my core stuff that I need to do. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you see it, you see it come out. And like, so yeah, I'm I'm glad you're seeing that too. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a thing about, okay, I don't want to butcher this, but I saw a thing that James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, which you and I have talked about a good bit. I know you've talked about on the podcast. Um, what he wrote is like when you're a novice, it's uh, it's like ignorant simplicity. When you're you're getting better at something, it's like you know it's it's like forced um, complication or it's 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 forced diversity. And then when you become an expert, it's profound simplicity. Mm-hmm. And so at at both ends of the of the spectrum as far as competency goes, we have simplicity. And I think um, that this this last season has really brought people back to some some very simple um, mm-hmm. things that are underneath you know, their day-to-day work, some things to get really overly complicated. Sometimes we've had to mm-hmm. kind of resort back to that. So. Yeah. So like, you know, like you said, though, sometimes the, the, the constraints might be the thing that catalyzes some creativity, catalyzes some opportunities. And so maybe we need to lean into them a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so, okay. So let's, let's go with, um, this is some, some free counseling, I guess. So what advice would you give to <laughs> teachers to stay mentally fit? Yeah, well, I'd, I would just my advice would be just to hang out in the teachers' lounge more. Um, I, I have a no, no idea what a teachers' lounge entails, but I remember it from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I, that is a question I have. What is in the teachers' lounge? Do you, can you tell me? We can't actually tell Do you. Do we what's still in call the it that? Yeah, there's te- yeah, yeah. I, I, they still call it the teachers' lounge because I, I always lounge. thought like it just like bring it. It brings up this this image of like teachers just laying around like. Yeah, maybe smoking filterless cigarettes, or I don't know, eating baguettes. But I think you know, and I've been you know doing a lot of uh, observations of teachers and talking with them and like how they are. I mean, it's like you know, because it's hard to just hang out. You can't really. I mean, 
from you got to do it from a distance now right but still even in the yeah. hallway those i think it's those hallway conversations or those you know the uh professional learning community meetings or plc meetings that they have like or planning meetings or things like that it's like so you're talking basically to like hang in those relationships don't silo yourself in your room don't or if you're yeah. virtual like making sure it's not just kids and down kids and down like you make sure we're making those connections across to the other teachers is that what you're saying yeah yeah i mean i, I that is i think I'm saying something ridiculous about teachers' lounges, but more more seriously, I think it's worth acknowledging, hey, connections are hard right now. Yeah. Let's do the hard thing. Stay connected. Let's do the hard thing and linger. Linger for a few minutes, even if we have to linger with our mask on for a few minutes, or let's step mm-hmm. outside. Let's let's invite somebody else into a conversation with us. Let's check in on each other and let other people check in on us. And I think that that, that is just the intentionality of connection can be really, really helpful. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Um, I think also a thing that has always been uh, a part of my life, but I I haven't seen it in other people is just to seek out encouragement. Mm. So in in times when things seem uncertain, the thing that we need is, is courage. We need, we need to be brave. We need to know that we're okay. We need to know that other people are scared, but we don't, we don't know how to seek that out. And I don't think a lot of people ever come to the point of saying to somebody else, like, I just need somebody to encourage me. Mm-hmm. Can we walk together for a little while just to encourage each other? But, it, you know, really selfishly, I just need you to encourage me. And so I, you know, I had, I realized I, I talked to people all day. My, my profession is one that has been upended in some, in some ways because of COVID. We do a lot of telehealth, but I, I love it secretly. I think it's something that I really enjoyed, but um, I realized a couple of months ago, I needed encouragement too. So I just, I called an old friend and said, Hey, can we meet for coffee on zoom every Tuesday and just laugh with each other and encourage each other and try not to go crazy together. And, and that's been a really big, that's been a big help to me. And so I, I would imagine whatever that looks like for, for your life, if you, um, for, for teachers, whether it's somebody with, within your school, somebody within the profession or, or just somebody else from life, just don't, don't be afraid to say, Hey, I've, I've got a need. Can you, you can meet this need. Anybody can be an encourager uh, if they know that somebody needs that. And so can we just be intentional about inviting people into that? So yeah. that's one thing that I think is helpful. Ooh, can I jump on that one then? Uh, yep. I've had a ongoing conversation with my friend Shane, who I started teaching with back in 2002. And so we very soon after we started, I think he disliked me from the get go, but then we, we, I won him over and then we became friends. And so, but we had a standing like Thursday morning breakfast before school that we would have. And then um, until like, I mean, just even this week, I had a Thursday morning call with him and it's where we both are educators. He's an assistant principal now, and now I'm a, a, a associate professor and thinking about we have education different perspectives on education but we are able to talk about you know school we're able to talk about family we're able to talk about these things and like i think it is it's like that release valve you know too like we're connecting we're pouring into each other um you know we can pray for each other and you know it's like it's one of those beautiful things like i don't like i wouldn't trade that half an hour uh for much you know (laughs) it's like like that that's like a very valued thing and so just you know you you said you decide you need i decide i i definitely have needed it and so it's one of those things that it's not that hard if you can come up with that you know with that person you can connect with and so that's it's a i just want to double down on that one 
the world is changing in a lot of ways, but I, I am very much welcoming the, the fact that we do live in a world where people are getting more comfortable connecting over FaceTime and Zoom, not just to keep us safe and keep us from spreading a virus, but just, just it is easier to stay connected. I have a 73-year-old you know, mentor who's meant the world to me in my life, and we meet every few weeks now um, over Zoom, and it's a way for me to keep him safe, but for us to continue to talk. And, and now in his world, he's connected to people all over the world because he's yeah, yeah. gotten a lot more used to that technology. So um, connecting is not nearly as hard as it used to be yeah. if, we, if we were just intentional about mm-hmm. it. I mentioned it before, but I think Atomic Habits um, is is a great book. I'm, I'm encouraging a lot of people to read it right now. I have a lot of conversations just about how how do we switch from from just a goal mentality to having a habit mentality and, mm-hmm. and building a life that perpetuates the things that we want it to perpetuate. So it's easy to think about Atomic Habits, and I'm sure you've talked about it from an educational standpoint and an organizational standpoint. But to think about it from a mental health standpoint too is really is really good. Those those two percent, three percent, five percent changes that that we can make in our life. Um, just just to to have a little bit more grasp on the day, to rest a little bit more, better on the weekends or when we're not on, on at work. To you know just just care for ourselves and get get mentally fit. There's there you know there there's no the things that make us mentally and emotionally fit have no direct payoffs. It's not like going to the gym as and being able to lift a certain amount or seeing the amount that you can bench press continue to grow. Um, and so I think it's even more important to be habitual in it and to grow those healthy habits and, um, and have other people who, who notice that or who are asking you about that and who are cheering you on in that. So I'm always encouraging people with that, whether it's, you know, yoga, meditation, prayer, um, community, um, the exercise, all those things, you know, whatever it is that helps keep your, keep you, you in a good headspace, it's worth building habits around those things that that'll pay off big time, long-term. The other thing is just make sure that, that you have your basic systems in check. So make sure that you're eating, you know, moderately well, you're eating foods that are working with your brain instead of against your brain. So, you know, limiting the amount of coffee that you're drinking, um, try, or at least keeping an eye on it. Um, uh, keep it in. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Joel. Uh, hey, I've got green tea, green tea right here. Oh, wow, hey, yeah, that's what right. You done with Joel? <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, things like that, making sure that, um, if you've got issues at home, if there's tension at home, that you're doing what you can to make sure to, to clear that up or to communicate about it. If you run into trouble, communicate about it, you know, reach out for help, somebody who can who can shine some light on it so that that core system is in place. Um, I got a question for that then. Yeah, go for it. So so if your basic systems are like, we're saying, keep your basic, like what are some, you know, like on your car, you got some indicator lights, like, Hey, there's something wrong with some systems. Like, is there any flags that you're like, that you Mm -hmm. notice or that you have your patients look out for or your clients? About like marriage systems? Or like ba- or? just like your base, like if, hey, your basic systems are out of whack, you know, like you're saying, hey, keep them in check, but how do you, how do you know if they're not? Yeah. So if you're, if you're like nutritional systems off and your, your physical system is off, you, you're going to see it before the day's over. You're going to be out of gas before, mm. you're going to be out of, out of energy before the daytime's over, right. or you're going to see yourself reacting in ways that surprise you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to, you're going to be angry in times when you, you look back and you're like, I should really shouldn't have been angry. Now that happens every once in a while. Right. But the pattern, that's what you're getting, 
mm-hmm. um, curious about. If, you, if there are things that you used to love that you just don't love anymore mm-hmm. um, and you don't really know why, it's not that you watched all of the episodes of The Great British Bacon Show. You just <laughs> stopped loving it. Um, sometimes that's a sign too. Um, <clears throat> if you get into a situation or, or a place where your relationship systems are off, um, sometimes you'll see avoidance. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll see um, the biggest thing is just bitterness. Like if you just if you just feel like when you think about somebody you're close to, there's just a there's a sense of bitterness that comes out in you. Then that's that's kind of a, a sign that the, the core system's off. Um, yeah. The other thing is just um, creating a sense of like just building a narrative around the other person that's not necessarily true. Well, you know my. My roommate is only happy when they're getting their way. Well, mm. that may be true, but it may not be true. You know, if you, if you right. feel yourself saying that, my 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 wife is is only happy when she's distracted looking at her phone or whatever. You know, if you're building if you're building absolutes and narratives, then that's a good sign that something's off there. Yeah. So it's time to time oh, to good. lean in. It's time to take a deep breath. It's time to have a hey, am I okay? Are we okay? Mm-hmm. Is there anything we need to talk about in this conversation? <clears throat> And then the last thing is just find something fun and pursue it seriously. You know, I think we're, we're serious about a lot of things in life, but um, we, we don't always get serious about the things that we enjoy. But that's really, that's what keeps us going in a lot of ways. That's what keeps us going in our relationships. That's what keeps us going in our job is that we, we, we have found things in our life that make it worth engaging with. And so if that's been, a, if it's been a while for you for that, or if you've just been in a season where this semester as a teacher has just, you know, just ground on you because it's been hard and there's always, there's always more um, plans to put together. There's always more parents to call. There's always more students who need help. If you're in a place where that has been the thing that's, that's not just been in the back seat but kind of thrown out of the car, then it may be time to, to come back around and find it again and, and be serious about pursuing something you enjoy. So find something fun and pursue it seriously. Is this, is this where you're going to announce your, uh, your um, independently run uh, stand-up comedy special, Pat Ward? Is that, is that what we're going to be doing? <laughs> I no? wish. I wish. It would, be, it would be very short. It would be like a, yeah, it would be a bite-sized comedy special. Well, that, I mean, that Apollo 13 joke, that was solid. That was solid. <laughs> I stole it from John Stewart in probably 1993. <laughs> there you go. That's okay. <laughs> so, well, I guess, I, well, you know, and got to let that, uh, I mean, if you said find something fun and pursue it seriously, have you taken that to an advice? What have, what have you been, what's fun and, uh, that you've been so, pursuing? I, you know, I, I really just enjoy, I, I enjoy doing things with my kids right now. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to trying to keep them mentally and emotionally fit too. So I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm in a season in my life where I'm really looking for things to enjoy with them. Um, and, and, and finding it, you know, I, I think the old adage is if you, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. I think if you, it makes it really easy to be a parent, if you can find meeting places with your, your kids that you really enjoy. So my, my son and I have been backpacking a couple of times during yeah. the pandemic and we love it. We love talking about it. We love doing it. We love buying stuff for it. Um, my, my daughter and I, we play, we love playing analog games. So we're putting together a glow in the dark puzzle right now. And it's, it's just nice. so much fun. Now, yeah, yeah. I, I really, I am like a six year old putting a puzzle together. Um, and you know, my daughter and I, we, you know, we talk about, she's, we've read Harry Potter and we are kind of, kind of get into the Potterverse some. And so we just, we just really enjoyed that. And then, um, you know, other things, fun things that I do, I, 
I just like analog stuff. So I like the New York Times crossword puzzle and trying to challenge myself to do that. I sound like an old lady when I say that, but I'm, you know, <laughs> I am. Uh, I also like, uh, I have a Rubik's cube and, you know, yeah, I see it. There you go. Like right that. behind so you. So yeah, it's right here on the shelf. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah. I'm trying to learn uh, the guitar. It's not going very well. But the ukulele, but if you try and learn the guitar, and then you have, I have a ukulele too. The ukulele, then you go back to that, right. like, hey, look at this. This is, it feels, it's a lot easier. It's such, such smaller, <laughs> less strings. It's great. That's good. Yeah. But, That's uh, good. what else, what else are you guys into? Um, you know, we've been, we actually just got some kayaks in. So maybe, uh, like <laughs> there's a run on them. We finally got ours. So, uh, after <laughs> ordering some in August, they finally showed up, but, uh, but yeah, like and getting outside has been good. And like, we, uh, created a, a, a backyard that we like to be in as much as possible. We've had still have opportunities to do that. And so watching movies together and stuff. So that's been, that's been good as a, like for the family stuff has been, you know, making sure that weekend and making sure that weekends are weekends. That's what we've been really trying to do. Cause I think there is, you know, I'm working at home and that's, there's not that division sometimes that uh, you'd have like, Oh, I'm driving home. I'm going home. I'm going to be home. I'm like my yes. computer's away versus um, sitting here in my little closet in the back of my garage. Like it's, it's really yeah. easy to get back in here. So yeah, the membrane between work and home is really thin right now for a lot of people i even think you know a lot of teachers who are teaching virtual school are are finding that too um and so i I feel like i'm having that conversation a whole lot about how do you shift gears whether it's you know i i I usually change clothes when i'm finished working um even though i've just been sitting in my office all day just to just to kind of have a something that feels refreshed or something that that helps me mentally turn the page you know I, I, I try to have a long break from my phone for a couple of hours I may pick it back up to see if anybody's reached out to me um at, before heading to bed or putting the kids to bed but try to break away from that just so that so that um there is more of a line between work and and home I don't yeah. always do it great but I, I do think that's really important for us yeah for some reason I have this miracle half an hour time where I before I have to pick up my uh start start picking up kids from school and I've been just using that to, to work out. And I just think, you know, no matter the frustrations, if I can just, you know, get a sweat going and get some strain going, I think uh, that's been really, really healthy for me. Um, I feel really yeah. good about that. And then also that's a division like, hey, I like I have to change clothes. I have to do that. So, yeah, there is something. Yeah. There's the physical side of that. All right, Pat. So staying mentally fit, you've offered some advice, but, you know, what about some resources? Um, obviously, we're recommending the book Atomic Habits. We talked about that a couple of times. Um, and one thing about that, like when you talked earlier, um, you, you mentioned about we're either gaining ground or losing ground. And I like in the Atomic Habits, there's that great uh, picture about the if you just get 1% better every day, what does that mean over the course of a year? And just always thinking. So that that, that habit-based thinking is is really key. So I say you mentioned yeah. that. What, what else do you recommend? I recommend for a lot of people just mindfulness and meditation. I think that helps keep our anxiety down. Um, it, 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 it is akin to, you know, before you play the guitar, you want to tune the guitar, make sure it's in tune before you right. play it. And I think, the, you know, meditation and, and mindfulness have that effect on people. And so there's, you know, there's a million apps out there. I really like the Calm app um, yeah. for people, especially going into stressful situations like a, like a, um, a classroom or whatever, rather just trying to figure out ways to center yourself. Um, I, I see a lot of people during this last season also p- 
pair that with yoga, which is, is weird. I've never, I've never really considered myself like kind of a new age person, but yoga is more mainstream and I'm, I'm glad about that, but it, it does kind of bring our body and our mind together and then brings it towards calm in some really helpful ways that I think, you know, it really touches deep deep in us. And so I see a lot of people really benefiting from that. There's plenty, there's plenty of, uh, YouTube videos that'll show you how to do that. Um, I, I got I'm one. Sure. I got one for teachers that yes. just shared. So this is one we used to do with Jack, <clears throat> but he shared it in his uh, classroom, and the teacher said, the "Teacher sent me a text and said, hey, thanks for it. We're going to use that with our kids.' It's you the, put the your fingers out. The we say give them, give five, and so you put out your fingers, and uh, you start tracing each finger. And with the as you trace up to the tip, you breathe in." And then you go down, breathe out, and then just keep going all the way through. Ah. And so like real slow. And so one, for all our teachers out there, it's one, it's a good way to, if you transitioning from something kind of, you know, exciting people, kids moving around to like calm down on the carpet, I always say, hey, give me five. And then for younger oh, kids, good. practice counting. And then also you're, you're uh, going across the midline. So you're using both hands to do something. And so there's something brain-wise there. I don't know all the things there, awesome. but there you go. I'll, I'm going to put a video to that in the show notes because that's an easy one that every teacher should know. I, I believe that's dealing with young kids or in the, or else you, right. you're in a meeting, just put start tracing your hand. <laughs> like, and you need to calm down. <laughs> <a little> bit. <laughs> like Pat, what are you doing? Tracing yeah. your hand. Like, I oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, 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 you know, breathing is one of our core systems. So yeah, yeah. if that helps us get it back in line, we usually hold our breath when we're under stress. So if that gets us back in line, that's perfect. Yeah. That's great. Um, I, uh, I also like, and I'm, I'm, I don't know if you've talked about this much on the show, but I, I like the road back to you and, and Enneagram work. I know that's kind of a, a very of the moment right now, but one of the reasons that I think it's helpful and for, for clients that I work with that have also found it helpful is that it, it shows you who, it, it kind of holds a mirror up to you um, so you can see who you are when you're stressed. You may not recognize yeah. that person um, mm-hmm. unless you learn a little bit more about that. So I, I know that if you, if you've never done much work about the Enneagram or read the road back to you, which is kind of the, you know, it's the kind of the go-to, um, manual on it right now. If you, if you're seeking out one of these nine types that you might be the one that you read about and it really just ticks you off, that's the one you are. And <laughs> yeah. so uh, it was really helpful for me when I learned that about myself, because, um, I learned what I look like when I'm stressed and I can, I can notice myself getting stressed in some new ways. Uh, before I do something wrong. Uh, it also helped me in working with other people because I was able to see it wasn't, it wasn't that I was, that another person was, was worse than me or less competent than me. It was just, they're just, they're just made differently than me. And so if I can acknowledge that and be mindful of that, then I can figure out how we can collaborate in new ways. So yeah. that, that was helpful for me. Yeah. We, uh, we talked about that with uh, Nancy Bartel. She, then towards the beginning of the school year, talking about how can we use the Enneagram. So there's some great, just name every uh, every podcast that we did, Pat. This is great. You get to you get to do lots of links <laughs> in the, the show notes. Today. There you go. Play the hits. All right. Um, hey, so I saw on your website, and again, we'll we got lots of stuff for the show notes. We'll put a link to your website there. But I saw this uh, thing called the Sunday Night Rundown. Can you uh, can you just share a little bit about that? What's the Sunday Night Rundown? Uh, so I think uh, it's just a real simple resource that I put together. It's just a one sheet that you print out every week, and on Sunday night you try to sit down and fill it out. Uh, it came from this realization that, man, if we don't plan our weeks, we never get around to the big things that we need to do or that mm-hmm. we want to do. We never get around to the, you know, the, I'm going to catch up with an old friend or I'm going to get caught up on some, you know, 
housekeeping stuff or I'm going to get caught up on, you know, some, some, some work stuff that I'm way behind on. Um, and, and if we, it, not only do we miss out on those things, but also the week kind of drives us instead of us engaging in the week. Um, the more complicated your family situation gets, the more complicated your week gets too. So this is mm-hmm. true for single people. And if you're working at schools, if you're working in education, you usually have, you know, things that are outside the, the, the day-to-day operations of teaching that you have to be at and night, night things and all, all those things kind of run together. And if you got a, if you got a wife or a husband and kids thrown in and all their responsibilities, I mean, you got, you've got quite the, quite the week that you're facing. And a lot of people just kind of roll through the weekend, get back into Monday and are, are treading water. And so I, I came up with this after working with lots of couples in my counseling practice of just helping them see, okay, if, if we can slow things down and really plan and coordinate then anxiety and, and these habitual patterns of, being mad at each other and being frustrated with each other, we can, we can loosen some of those sometimes. And so it's really helped. So it's, it's really just a conversation guide for families, but there's, if, if you're single, it could be helpful for you to think through, you know, your week ahead, think about where you are, think about just your personal finances for a few minutes instead of just, I don't feel like I've spent too much, you know, really trying yeah, to yeah. slow down and ask some practical questions and it's all free on my website. You can download it and use it. And, um, it's just a, just a simple tool, but really it's just to, to give people some clarity at the beginning of their week. And I've seen a lot of people be benefited by it. Yeah. To just have that opportunity, especially, you know, with other folks around or even thinking back to the atomic habit stuff, there's something like, Hey, I'm going to be a lot healthier or a lot better. If I have this built into my schedule, well, Sunday night rundown to make sure that's a part of it, right. Before you even right. add the other stuff to it, you know, you put those other things in. And, right. Or else even have those conversations with, uh, you know, your loved one and whatever, and you know what their key things are. Okay, so let's not put anything over top of that or let's not crowd in on that. Like, again, great conversations to see what uh, what can you can uh, plan for uh, ahead of time. So I love that. I love that resource. And so if you don't have anything like that, that's that's a great thing to, uh, to, to take advantage of. Again, we'll put a link in the show notes. All right. Ready? This is a teaching. Right. This is a teaching question. So you have a lot of experience teaching. So like you're over uh, ten years as a pastor of the Orchard of Oxford. Now also, I mean, I believe that you're you're teaching in your uh, your practice here, and you're you also you know we're parents and teaching like that from that perspective as well. So, what is the best thing you did to or you do to help your teaching? Yeah. So so ten years I I preached every week. Um, and uh, I loved it. I, 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 it was a creative pursuit for me, and it was something that I really spent a lot of time um, trying to get better and, and hone and try to teach other people how to do it. Uh, a couple of things that really helped me teach. So when I, would, when I would preach on Sundays, I would usually speak for between 30 and 35 minutes. It got to where I didn't really use notes, and um, that was kind of you know, some of the feedback that I got that was, that, that was something that was helpful um, for people to engage in what I was saying and engage in, you know, the lessons for the day was, was, was that, um, and, uh, it looked easy, but it was not, I mean, it took some, it took some prep work. And so I was willing to, I was willing to do it. Um, one of the things that helped me become a better teacher was I edited our podcast of the church and I had to listen to myself. And, um, I, I, it, it was very cringeworthy to listen to yourself. I always thought I sounded like Foghorn Leghorn. But uh, but it also helped me. I mean, I, I was able to 
<laughs> perceive the way that my teaching was, you know, with other people. And so that, that really helped. I listened to a lot of great teachers. One of my mantras for a long time was, you know, good preachers borrow, great preachers steal. <laughs> it's like Apollo 13 jokes. Uh, I, uh, I borrowed from a lot of people and stole from some. But, you know, listening to other people, their cadence, the the way that they brought um, brought things to the surface and the, and the clarity that they fought for. I really looked for, for teachers who taught clear. Mm-hmm. That was my main thing. I wanted to be clear. I wanted people to know what I had been saying. And so um, I, I sought out people who did that. You mentioned Andy Stanley. We, you know, he was one of the main ones that I listened to just because he was, you could tell he was not finished until he was clear. And that, right. that's so important when you're teaching anything. Um, I asked for, I asked for feedback before and after I taught. So if I was working on something that I really wanted to make sure I was clear about, I would find somebody and tell them before I took it to a crowd and I would say, Hey, give me some feedback on this. Does this make sense? Is this clear? And that was really helpful because the, the pressure wasn't there. And, um, I was better when I was teaching the masses because somebody had helped me think through that ahead of time. And then I, you know, I always thank people for feedback afterwards, even if it was something that I didn't like. Um, mm-hmm. that applied to everything except for my wife if she couldn't tell me feedback <laughs> on Sunday afternoon I would cry uh, just because I was tired but uh, I could I could take it from her even on Monday so uh, I asked for feedback and thank people for that um, I love the the prep work uh, I learned the application method of, of sermon writing and that's where mm-hmm. you apply your butt to a seat and you don't get up until you're <laughs> And so that was that was kind of what I what I had to force myself to. But now that I teach about mental health or teach about anything else, I, I usually just have to block out some application time where I can just sit there and not get up until it's finished. Um, the other thing is that I knew that I, I, I would ask I would ask, there were two questions that I wanted to answer of myself before I knew I was finished preparing to teach. One is. Um, are my trans? Are, am I going to lose anybody in transition? So mm-hmm. I, I needed to think about how I was going to go from topic to topic and point to point, and I wasn't finished until I had ironed those transitions out. Because it didn't matter how good my points were if I if I zigged and somebody zagged and we missed, we lost each other. Right. And then the second thing was, uh, what is portable in this lesson? So what can somebody pick up and take with them, and um, and how portable is it? So. Um, I think those were those were several things that I, I used to try to, you know, learn how to teach well and uh, still still try to incorporate. Yeah, it's a good point with the, uh, I like the portability and uh, the um, the transitions too. Like I'll see sometimes where a teacher shows a video, then a teacher does something like they saw the connection. Obviously, they, there's a connection there between the video and the uh, task that they're going to do. But then all of a sudden, it's like why did we watch that video? And then they're still thinking about that while we're starting a task and like, yeah, they're, they're not with you. Right. And so like being mindful of, you know, sometimes I might be saying something that I think is redundant, but it's okay. You know, it's okay to be redundant. It's okay. Like, cause someone's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) I see. I see why we're doing this. So. Right. I also learned a lot of stuff from public speaking about Ted talk from Ted talks and people Mm, who analyze the, the best Ted talks and, um, one of the things they talked about, and I think this is applicable for teaching anything, is is this principle of cognitive load, which is where, you know, our, our brains, when we're learning something new, we can really hold only two or three new concepts at once. And if we get a fourth or a fifth tossed on the pile, it's not just that one of the other concepts falls out. It's that often we drop the whole pile. So instead of we walk away, you know, dropping everything. So I tried to I tried to 
make sure that when I was teaching something, I was only teaching two or three new things at a time. Because if I, even though I was excited and interested in something else, I, you know, I, I, I would overload people and they would drop the whole, the whole yeah. load. And so we wouldn't, I wouldn't teach I would end up not teaching them anything. Um, so we used a lot of series and sermon series and stuff like that to try to spread those, those topics out into more, more portable, more bite sized pieces. Yeah. Well, and the, and the power of story too. I think that the TED talks show you too, that like, right. There's a power yeah. in story and like getting everyone to see into this context of, through a perspective of a story. And yeah. I, I, I think there's so much there that we need to tap into as well. That's, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah. There's a great, there's a great book called talk like Ted. Um, I don't know if that I'm sure you've talked about it on your podcast. But, uh, yeah. Oh, you got it. He's got it by his computer. No, I don't. I don't think this is it. I have this one. No, that's not it. No, uh, that's the one. I mean, that one's probably good too. <laughs> your book. Your book's fine. Yeah. But uh, talk, talk like, like Ted. Ted. No, that's good. Yeah, really, really good. So. Uh, my father-in-law is Ted too, so that could be a, a great one. <laughs> just see well? that reading, reading it right in front of him, and just be like, "Yeah, just is all I'm doing. I'm just figuring out how to talk <laughs> like you." All right, so Pat, uh, thank you for uh, all this time. But I just wanted, you have anything to promote? Any, like, uh, I, I don't know, like me or things that I like right now. What, what do I? What do I do? I mean, well you know, this is, it's a, it's a, it's a platform. So, I mean, you did talk about the Sunday okay. night rundown and like, yep. and I'll, well, I'll toot the horn too. So like, you know, if you're in this area and you're looking for someone to talk to, you know, the Pat Ward counseling is not a bad place to go uh, as well, but uh, <laughs> not a bad. Yeah. And uh, saw you also like this COVID-19 resources. Did you have anything there that you yeah, wanted so to I, share? When we first kind of went into lockdown uh, and I'm, I'm actually kind of starting to brush some of those off and get them ready again. But um, when everything first started shutting down, I had, a, I, I had several um, webinars with friends, you know, how to, how to do parenting when boy parenting came really close. The world got kind of small for parents <laughs> yeah. with small kids and, and then did, um, did a, uh, you know, a talk about how to lead, um, in unknown circumstances and did some other talks about marriage. And so I, I did a lot of free webinars during that time and put them all on my website. They're all still up there. They're all still relevant, uh, especially as we are about to head into a, the winter season and some, some resurgence of the, the virus in some ways. And so um, they're all online. would love for you to yeah. look at them and benefit from them. So. Yeah. Again, we're going to put all those uh, on the, put all the links on the uh, show notes and, those will be at amazonplanet.com forward slash episode 37. But uh, thanks, Pat, for, uh, for joining me. This, is, uh, this was nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I was able to be here. All right, so that is all that we have for this episode of the Amazon Planet podcast. Again, show notes for the podcast can be found at amazonplanet.com forward slash episode 37. If you're looking for ways to support the podcast, you can subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe to the Amazon Planet download, which contains teaching resources and updates from Amazon Planet. You can find uh, links to the, do that at amazonplanet.com. Follow Amazon Planet on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or like the Amazon Planet Facebook page. You can also check out the Amazon Planet store or Amazon Planet bookshop. Links are in the footer at amazonplanet.com where all of your purchases support the production costs of the podcast. In conclusion, thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazon Planet podcast. Thanks to Pat for sharing his expertise and time with us. Thanks to Matt Mifflin for the music in this episode. Finally, thank you to all of you out there who are seeking to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you have decided to use the gifts you have been given to serve others. Thank you for all that you do. Peace.